You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. You are now entering Magnified Studios. Welcome. Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents It's Hard to Find a Podcast covering your favorite indie bands from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Put your tape decks on record. I'm Andrew. I'm Jolly John. (laughs) Oh, 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 Merry Podcast, Andrew. Merry Podcast. (laughs) This is our podcast. Yes. We're back talking our boy Bazan. It's Mm. been Mm -hmm. a while (laughs) since we have talked. Yes. about our boy yes and it feels it feels um appropriate to near the end of the year we're nearing the close of 2022 mm-hmm. um you know we still got some podcast steam left in us for season four yeah but it feels kind of you know to culminate almost the end of the year with what we started this season talking about we're going to be talking about that dark, sacred night. Ooh, I love it. Uh, the 2016 Dave Bazan, David Bazan. Uh, I call him Dave. You know, that's how he we sometimes goes by Dave and releases. Yeah. So I think it's fine. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to be too presumptuous. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's, it's his Christmas album. And mm. we're going to be talking about that later. That's right. Before we get into that, you know, we've had some, you know, out of out of character episodes for the season recently. Mm-hmm. So we are getting back to everybody's favorite indie bands. And um, we will be talking about some people from our now not so favorite indie bands yes. uh, a little later. But John... How are you doing? How are you feeling after these last couple of weeks talking with Ted, talking with the person who lives in your house? Um, <laughs> she was like, why'd you say that part? And I was like, I don't know. That was, kind of, <laughs> just, that was not the best. Um, no, I, I felt really good about that conversation. Uh, so did Jenny. Um, I have really enjoyed this uh, Craig's bro, uh, you know, re-entry time for us and, that going through that record was a lot of fun. I thought talking to yeah. Ted was a lot of fun. So I feel really good about those couple episodes. But ooh, baby, the holiday season is upon us. Mm. I'm ready to cozy up next to that fire with my dude and yeah. talk about <laughs> my other dude, Pazan. Just uh, everybody, we just want you to picture uh, me and John <laughs> wrapped in a blanket <laughs> next to a, next to a fireplace. The room is being mm. only being lit by the flames of the mm-hmm. fire. Mm. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> listening, listening to sad Christmas music. <laughs> Sounds perfect to me. Um, <laughs> sipping, to complain sipping about. Christmas whiskey, wondering if we still believe. Um, yeah. You know, I John, you and I have never never cuddled, but I. I assume that you you're good, a good cozy, good, like good cozy winter winter time cuddler. Yeah, I got some I got some coz available uh, for those <laughs> seeking it. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I'm 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 feeling. I think good. I just heard Danny stairs uh, running from Ohio. <laughs> Bring it. 
bring <laughs> your cuddle enthusiasm. Um, yes, I, I'm feeling good. We were talking before we started recording. It's been a, you know, a little bit of a stressful time for both of us in different ways, but I'm about to have a week and a half more of work, and then I get a solid two weeks off, which I'm very Ooh. excited about. Love you know, it. holiday shenanigans coming up. Yeah, different fun things heading up to Minnesota some yep. point here. So fun things are coming. Uh, how are you feeling, man? Uh, man, last week was was really really tough for mm. your boy, and it's something that I I haven't really thought about. But um, everybody knows that I'm I try and be as genuine and authentic as I possibly can. And I'm very mm-hmm. honest about wherever I am for the most part. But I think, I think for um, something that Kristen had said to me recently was she's like, it must be exhausting at points to, as a, as an extrovert to feel like you kind of have to be on a lot of the mm-hmm. times yeah, because it's maybe something that people expect she's like i'm an i'm an introvert and like people kind of just assume that like i don't want to talk to them right but you know i especially at work too if i feel like i also have to match the introvert tone and also tone myself down right and try and find that balance of like wanting to come off as being uh, outgoing when i'm really in a because when, when I'm in in my depressive spiral, I really turn inward. Yeah, and so it's really hard for me to not like, you know, just kind of lose it. And yeah, it's it's a it's a weird. I sent you this comic today about like, uh, you know, this this um, woman being like, oh, huh, yeah, no, it's just a seasonal depression and. And she's like being held by this giant monster that says a full blown year long depression. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Sounds yeah, about right. that's it's yeah. There's no such thing. Is can my depression be seasonal if it's like year round? Cause I, <laughs> right. I mean, just, it's, it's just depression, different seasons. It's, right. it's four seasons, four <laughs> season yeah, depression, four season depression. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. all season depression for all seasons. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I feel it, man. And I'm sorry. It's been tough. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about a little bit when we get into this was on Christmas record is like, as much as I love the holiday time, it also is like a very melancholy season and sort of invokes nostalgia. And with that comes, you know, sort of like bittersweet feelings. It's just, there's a lot of emotions around this time of year. And part of the reason why I appreciate the Bazan Pedro Christmas songs we're going to talk today is because I feel like they invoke that, um, you know, it's okay to be bummed out at Christmas time <laughs> notion. Yeah. Uh, so if you're looking for, if you're looking for uh, camaraderie in feeling a little bummed out, but still wanting to enjoy some Christmas carols, uh, you've come to the right place this week. Uh, this is episode one of two of our holiday year end extravaganza. Yeah. Um, and to help us out with that, we do have some refreshments. Um, yeah yours is a little bit more seasonal mine is is like 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 my depression it's it's uh it's not just uh specific to this season i'm drinking some single malt scotch i mean perfect for this season but a drink for for all seasons as well (laughs) um i on the other hand have a christmas weird beer 
Mm. Um, I got a four pack called the Island of Misfit Beers, Ooh. and it doesn't get any more uh, Christmas weird beer than that. Uh, this is put out by Obscurity Brewing in Elgin, Illinois, or I'm sorry, Elburn, Illinois. I don't even know where that is. Um, and I'm looking here at the train with square wheels. It's all the different like Island of Misfit Toys characters. Uh, this the train with square wheels is a milk stout with holiday cheer. Um, it's only five percent ABV, so it's not going to knock me out. But uh, that looks pretty fun. Uh, you know, I saw somebody um, post something about the Island of Misfit Toys that's. Um, that said like the water pistol that squirts jelly didn't belong on the island of misfit toys it's just somebody was using it wrong and they need they need to be held accountable fair. for for their actions it's, it's not it's he's not the it, he's not malfunctioned right justice for the jelly squirting guy um yeah so i'll have other a different kind of uh misfit beer to share next week yeah um so what did you what kind of beer is it it's a milk stout milk with stout. holiday cheer whatever mm. that means what is yeah that's that's questionable <laughs> we'll find out we'll find out what holiday cheer tastes like um, yeah Ooh. on first sip i can tell you it tastes delightful Ooh. i thought that that might mean overly sweet but it's really not it's almost more like cinnamony mm. that actually does sound mm. delicious a, a, a stout with some because i yeah there there are a number of beers that like around the fall that i'm like i don't really want spices in my sure. beer but like something that's got like that's roasty and malty mm -hmm. like that that sounds more up my alley hell yeah uh you know what else sounds up your alley yeah uh, sure do the, <laughs> the uh candy treat i have to accompany these uh yes sour patch kids coal uh i think Somebody out there in Magpod Nation sent us these last Christmas, and I was like, I was not aware of these, um, but they are black raspberry. Um, I've already opened this box uh, as we discussed <laughs> off pod, but they yeah. are. You, you tasted them like immediately. Yeah. There's no waiting for the pod. You're just... No, I couldn't help myself. Like, there's a lot of coals in here. Okay? I got enough to spread around, but uh, sure. they're they are delicious. I recommend anybody who likes our little chewy boys and hasn't had the coal to go seek them out. Uh, very yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, I, on the other hand, have Trader Joe's Scandinavian Tidings. Ooh. Holiday shapes. This bag is filled with good tidings in the in the form of holiday-inspired shapes, ornaments, stars, and green trees. Bright and fruity, sweet and chewy. These gummies are sure to shine in a festive candy bowl or gift basket. Yes, I've had those. Uh there's like some trees in there and stuff, right? Little trees, yep. maybe. Trees, ornaments, and stars. Did you say that already? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, I first got excited because I thought it was like the sour Scandinavian swimmers, but no, these are just straight up sweet gummies, right? That was a star. Let me check out this ornament. What flavors are we talking? Fruit. <laughs> Delicious fruit. It's hard to, it's sort of like nondescript gummy. Yeah. Fruity I mean, flavor. Nothing wrong there. Unlike some of my loser Halloween candy. Uh, I will crush this entire bag. I mean, not as good as the Scandinavian swimmers, the sour ones, especially. Let me tell you, these black raspberry sour patch coal paired with my milk stout with holiday cheer. I'm having yeah. a blast over here. I'm having a good time. I mean, speaking of ornaments and stars and trees, mm. I was planning on decorating my tree last night. That's not how it went. 
but john you got you got your tree you got your decorations up oh you know it, baby that was that first weekend after thanksgiving got the tree decorated it got the lights up um we just like accrue all this you know if there's anything like the kids have made that's holiday oh, themed, sure. it, like goes oh, in the sure. box. So like at Thanksgiving, we had like 50 turkeys that they've made over the years and just like <laughs> all this random stuff. Um, so Christmas, yes, there's a whole, whole few Christmas uh, giant containers that I get out of the basement and spread around a bunch of advent calendars. We're all having fun. Um, yes. Much, much Christmas decorating all over the place here. What, why were your, why were your Christmas tree plans dashed? Well, I had to do some Christmas shopping pickup and it all just took longer than expected. And by the time I got home and made food and I had, it just didn't, there was just not, this is too much. So, yeah. all right, fair enough. Postpone, postpone to another evening. Put that uh, bizarre record on, depending on what you reveal about your thoughts on it later this episode and uh, decorate that tree, baby. That's right. Put the lights on the tree as our, as our man Sufyan instructs us. That's right. Oh man. Um, uh, Maybe one of the all-time greatest Halloween or Halloween uh, greatest Christmas records ever made. Indeed, wow. I will get shortly to what I consider to be the greatest uh, alternative music Christmas record of all time. But Sufjan certainly in the running there. Um, Interesting. Yeah, little little tease for an upcoming segment. Uh, speaking of which, yeah, another segment we haven't really gotten a chance to do. It's been a while. Is uh, let's hear some thoughts from Magpod Nation. I know we got a mm. voicemail to share. We sure uh, do. Do we have a voicemail line? We do. Eight seven two seven six two four seven six three eight seven two seven Magpod. Some people are saying it's it's the time of year to to share your holiday Christmas music memories. To yeah, share many- your um, Craig's brother thoughts about the new record that we haven't heard very much of yet. Many people are saying, um, like almost any kind of voicemail. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little light on the old uh, voicemails and emails lately. Yeah, but I see who we have here to hear we from. Got our boy. We got our boy happier. Danny Stairs, um, and I think he has something to say about the old woman who lives in your house. Okay, the old woman. Hey, what's up, my dude? It's your boy Danny Stairs. Um, Catching up on some episodes, I just listened to, well, I didn't listen to the whole episode for this week yet, but um, I, I got through Jenny's uh, guest appearance, love her as a guest, love the work she does, uh, just great message and a really great resource. I, I, I hope I can try to get this book into the hands of some people who I think uh, will, will really read it, take it to heart and benefit from it. Um, I, and I just love her perspective and love that she's you know, a part of the uh, Magpad universe. So uh, now I'm on to the Craig's Brother album discussion. And, you know, musically, I, I think it slaps, but just, I still just, I, I can't get into Ted's voice. So, uh, but, you know, it, it's good music. And I'll listen out uh, the messages that I've heard in the first couple of songs that I, I have heard little clips from have all been good. So I'm looking forward to hearing that out. So anyhow, Magpad for life. Love you guys. Hell yeah! Uh, Thanks, buddy. Not even a not even a toodaloo. This was a <laughs> this was a very positive voicemail. Um, That's true. Thank you, Dan. Love you, buddy. Um, appreciate you always supporting Jenny. Um, who, by the way, 
if you didn't listen to last week's episode, has a new book out called Doing Nothing is No Longer an Option. It is about the work of everyday anti-racism. Uh, and I saw that Danny was giving away a copy on Instagram. Um, so, hey, go find our dude on the gram if you want to check that out. But thank you, man. Thank oh, yeah. you for that support, as always. Uh Going to have to go ahead and disagree with you on Ted's voice. <laughs> However, as we discussed, it is, a, it is a specific sounding voice. So I guess I could understand if perhaps it's not, uh, yeah. you know, we can't all be Mike Herrera, Danny, but. Uh, yeah, it's true. I do you know Ted's voice. Danny said, he did text me. He did end up finishing the episode. And right. he said, me thinking about changing my number three at the two hour and 40 minute mark of the episode <laughs> is the most Magpod thing of all time. That sounds like some classic Magpod right there. <laughs> and I said uh, that and me trying to get you to say that you like Ted's voice because it's <laughs> shitty. <laughs> it's also, it's also classic Magpod, classic me trying to um, get you to admit yeah. Um, well, you but know who for it, the record, we yeah. don't actually think Ted's voice is shitty. That's no. that's <laughs> not a, a real thing. No. Um, you know who agrees with you about your top three? Ooh, who's that? Is our dude Jesse Arsenault, who mm. over on Twitter just said, "Gotta go with Andrew's list," which is a not uncommon refrain from Meg Nation. <laughs> that's why <laughs> most people usually line up with you over me. Um, however, David Trivet on Instagram said his top three. He also had the same top two as us. Violent yep. Faith, number one, out of your old number two, but Terrible Slave, he went with for number three. Yeah. yeah. Can't argue with that. No, that's it's also solid, solid top yep. three. And then our girl Missy on Facebook mm. said number one, Rodeo Clown, which is Ooh. a fascinating song. Uh, number two, Out of Your Hole, can't argue there. And number three, Scattered and Few, which, as I said, was was in the running for my top three. So Good lists all around. People yep. people liking different tracks, but I think it's safe to say those our, our top two seem to be pretty well loved uh, yep. among Craig's Bro Nation. Stone Cold Bangers. Stone Cold Bangers. Go check out that album if you haven't yet. And next year, John, mm. 25 year anniversary hey. Hey. of Homecoming. Oof. What? Wait, hold on. What's that? What? Do you hear it? <laughs> The streets, I think it's the streets. They're saying 25 year anniversary tour of play at homecoming all the way through and then play Ugh. a whole bunch of the new shit. Man, I mean, that, that I guess it sounds like a pretty good idea to me, but you some know. people are saying it's like an easy layup for press and promotion to <laughs> cash in on this 25th anniversary idea. I know, like 25th anniversary, like vinyl pressing uh, or something. I don't know. Just like lots uh, of Ted, Steve, and Jason get at us. You know, let's make this thing happen. I know we've been talking about Midwest shows, but uh, how about instead a tour? <laughs> We'd like that. Any any shows would be great. You know, any shows at all. We'll take them. Um, yeah. Craig's brother, 2023. I'm speaking this into the universe. Um, mm. It's kind of like the secret. Just yes. speak it into existence it's like the prayer of jabez only <laughs> the prayer to ted bond um please ted come into her um well craig's brother will always be winners in our hearts but yes speaking of 2023 tours yes we, we got some things we need to talk about in our winner's circle this week um those quitters 
They can try and quit, but they they certainly won't win. That's right. I know you're I know you're a little you're a little revved up this week about a a loser circle in particular, but but let me mm. let me kick things off. We'll get into some winners and losers. I've got a few winners to go through, but to start things off, we would be remiss if we did not mention that Five Iron Frenzy, uh, ever heard of them, have a new song out that's been released uh, in the last couple of weeks featuring Mike Herrera, never heard of him, uh, <laughs> from XPX. So it's like a lot of folks out in MagPod Nation were like, emergency podcast, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta throw everything down, you know, you're too... First season forces have combined here. New right. five iron content. Uh, we won't devote an entire episode to it, but I will just say I like it very, very much. Um, yeah. You mentioned uh, off pod that we were lucky enough to hear the demos from Until the Shakes Apart before the record came out. Uh, the song When They Find You was among them, although obviously right. an earlier version. Uh, I thought it was without, a banger then without, with, Mike without Mike singing on it. Um, I thought it was a banger then. I think it's a banger now. Yeah. It's uh it's just I can see why it's not on the record because it is kind of a different vibe and there's like yeah. an immediate like super fast and kind of surprising guitar riff that shows up. Yeah. Um it's it's got a much more sort of fast punky vibe than most of the record does uh which is invoking a lot of that's kind of old school ska yeah um, vibe but I really like the song. I really like Mike showing up for it. Um it's got a lot of energy. I would love to hear it live. Um, but speaking of tours, but um, they, uh, I mean, it's, it is a bummer of a song. Uh, Reese posted yeah. uh, on social media, kind of the impetus behind uh, the lyrics that he's talking about of sort of like moving into this house that had kind of mm-hmm. been like abandoned and finding evidence of uh, domestic abuse against uh, this kid that he's singing about in the song and just kind of wondering about what happened uh, in their life. So it's definitely a rough song, um, but I really, I don't know. I enjoy it a lot. What, what, what are your thoughts? Five Iron and Reese never shy away from yeah. um, those kinds of topics. And even on this, on the record itself, talking about the various um, ways that they were bullied and uh, as, as young, as young people and right. Um, in terms of like the tone and the and lyrics, it it works maybe musically to your point. Yeah. Maybe not the ideal track for the record, but yeah. Uh, again, yes. Would love to hear it live. Would love to hear any of the new shit live. Yes, please. Please. And thank you. Yeah. We're coming up on what the, uh, not two the 25th years. anniversary, but the two-year anniversary. So how about a two-year anniversary tour where they play the new <laughs> record front to back? I'd be fine with that. I'd be all right with um, that. Yes, I, I, we're in the like minority who wants to hear like the two most recent records more than most of the other stuff probably at this point. Um, I mean, yeah. How many how many times have, you know, many people love, love to hear some of the Five Iron classics, but sure. come on, new shit, new shit. New shit. I want to hear that, that dub sound. Uh, yeah dub in the club live i want to open up that fucking pit yeah i do at some point in our lives you and i shall hear together uh uh, what what supplies last and it will be an important moment in our lives Uh, tear our arms off we will (laughs) throw them at reese throw them at reese and Um, it'll be it'll be magical it will yeah um i have some other winners yeah uh, and some losers, but how do we want to how do we want to go through today? 
let's uh how about we talk about uh let's talk about a winner okay uh the one that you texted me about today mm. 20th anniversary talking anniversaries john Ooh, baby next year 20 20th anniversary of transatlanticism by death cab for cutie mm-hmm. and postal service give up Ooh, baby uh i can't fucking wait no we're, we're Jenny going lewis is gonna yeah, be there she sure will oh god yeah i i'm so psyched about this uh i missed i was telling you postal service when they did that 10th anniversary tour and they played like the metro here which is a small venue and i did not get tickets i've always wanted to see them never have so i'm very very pumped about that um i've seen death cab a few times but obviously transatlanticism and all timer would love to hear that yeah. front to back so i was saying like this is the kind of thing that we always talk about which seems like unlikely to happen in real life we're like why can't we just get these guys who are in the same bands to just like tour together um so yeah ben gibbard gonna get tired on that stage uh oh my god it sounds exhausting <laughs> to be honest yeah but uh but full postal service <laughs> record full transatlanticism live uh i mentioned to you there there's no chicago date included in their announcement which i'm sure means they'll do Lollapalooza with both bands but i would much rather see them with my boy up in the Mm -hmm. twin cities at the great venue the armory uh so that's that's my plan we're gonna try to get these tickets i hope they're not too hard to get but i'm very excited about this tour yeah and it also them playing at the armory makes it so much less of a stressful thing because then like needing to choose seats right right and all that you're just like get get in the door i don't care that the tickets are a bit pricey just paid way more for taylor swift i would keep rubbing it in i paid (laughs) nothing because i got no ticket (laughs) ah sorry bro sorry Sorry. bro um maybe you know we'll see what happens maybe she'll release some more dates hey um just uh you know maybe she'll sell them directly on her website or something to screw over taylor do it she if, if anybody could be like a ticket master competitor i think it's taylor swift so that's true that is true um then you know she can start booking uh shows for craig's brother next year <laughs> yeah absolutely she's it's opening logical. for slick shoes on our our festival so <laughs> that makes sense that's true <laughs> um, yeah uh yeah so i'm i'm super i'm super excited about about that uh big yeah. i i have far less shows that i'm anticipating next sure. year yeah but i'm going to some pretty huge shows obviously the aforementioned t swift mm-hmm. and um seeing bruce springsteen Ugh, jealous and, and then hopefully also a very um, expensive concert there yeah yeah i mean yeah just between these two tickets it's like makes up for like 10 shows that i saw this totally year. well and uh beyonce rumor is she will be touring in summer as well i will have to try to get a ticket to that and i'm sure that will also be astronomical and probably break Ticketmaster again so anyway um little tease for uh next week when we'll talk about our albums of the year but i got a couple of um very large uh (laughs) albums that are like very obvious yeah a couple of artists that we just mentioned that will make the cut so i'm excited about seeing them no matter how much i have to pay um but yeah no i was just gonna say um but I, I don't know. I, I don't have a ton of shows on the horizon either. But one show that I did just see, another winner in my winner oh. circle is the Smile. Oh. Um, and I don't know. I they, 
this has been a fairly extensive tour in North America. So I'm a little surprised by some of the dates they played and not including the Twin Cities in there. Um, but they did not go to Minnesota. They did come to Chicago. And this is uh, Tom York and Green Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead's new band. Uh, for those who don't know, they put out a record this year that I really like. Uh, a little tease once more. We might hear a little more about that next week. Yep. But A, I was super excited to see them just in general. Like this record a lot. I'll see any Tom York or Johnny Greenwood project. B, they're played, they played at the Riv, the Riviera in Chicago, which is maybe my favorite venue, or at least like certainly up there. Always sounds good. I feel like it's like the perfect size for a mid to large venue. And I got up close to that stage, baby. I was looking at Tom York nigh but 20 feet away from me and i've seen him a lot of times over the years i've seen radiohead a lot of times but it's usually in a gigantic outdoor venue of some kind and i've never been it, this you're so close you could look into his good eye <laughs> exactly i did hear a guy next to me say i could hawk a loogie on him from here which you know <laughs> uh I mean, maybe don't guy. yeah maybe don't um but uh no it was great and um you know i I'm kind of a sucker for the Tom York Radiohead uh, side project sound, which is usually kind of, you know, um, bummery and <laughs> depressing. <laughs> um, however, this band does have a level of sort of like funkiness in it and um, sort of like raw guitar energy that Radiohead. More guitar. Yeah, yeah. Than they've had in a long time on something like yeah. Radiohead. And I feel like there's kind of a freedom in those sounds in this band that they haven't had in a while. Um, so just like good, uh, like fertile ground for these guys to just kind of rock out and do like some psychedelic guitar solos and some freak out bass solos and the lights are going crazy on the stage. And it was a really, really good time. I was really close. You sent me some um, video of that night and I was, yeah, I was jealous. And it, it, sorry, it, it, it. it really felt like for, you know, dudes that have been around for as long as they have to be mm -hmm. playing what feel like it feels like if you're tom york and johnny greenwood you should be playing you know massive venues but this right. was like it, it feels like a small show for the yeah. kind of caliber of artists that they are definitely i didn't i didn't expect to be able to see them in whatever band they're in in a place this intimate and it really did feel intimate it seemed like they're having a good time and are kind of having a looseness to this material that they appreciated it seemed like they're really yeah. having fun up there um it'd be like seeing them you know at first ab or something right it just it feels like it, that's not adequate for the right the star power that they have yeah and i it was very packed so i'm guessing by the time the show started it was sold out but it wasn't even sold out um that's wild on the day of the show. So yeah, I was like, maybe just the smile. People don't really know what that is enough yet right. that they can pull this off. But um, it's kind of annoying that it is true that, you know, oftentimes the Twin Cities get skipped over. Yeah. For whatever reason, like Cursive is doing mm. a big tour. And like, uh, I think with Thursday and it's a big show and they're, they're both doing like, playthroughs of albums right and not playing the twin cities yeah i don't understand what it is like it's not like it's not like minneapolis or st paul are like this isn't this isn't like 
the middle of nowhere. This is right. a legitimately significant yeah. music scene right. in music cities. And well, so they I, usually say like five to six hours away from the last venue, which is like the perfect distance from Chicago. So normally right. if you're playing Madison, it, if yeah. you're playing Milwaukee, you're playing Chicago, fucking make it work. Come on. Yeah. Well, That's annoying. speaking of artists who do appreciate Twin Cities venues, uh, my final winner in my winner circle for, for this evening is uh, Phoebe Bridgers, hmm. uh, a forever winner in my heart. But um, mentioning her in that segue because I saw her this week on some interview where they asked her what her favorite venue was. And she said First Ave in mm. Minneapolis. God bless the queen, Phoebe. Um, <laughs> but she's my winner, not for that reason necessarily, but because, well, I should say this is this is my combo loser circle and winner circle, and then I'll let you close out. But uh, another thing that we haven't mentioned on the pod since it happened, I realized, is that uh, Mimi Parker of Lowe right. uh, died. And yeah. I took it really hard. Um, mm-hmm. We mentioned on the pod when it was kind of in the news that she was maybe like sicker than we thought she was because it had been in the news for a couple of years um that she had been struggling with ovarian cancer um but then they ended up canceling all these dates and it was like oh maybe this is scarier than we thought um so even though we were sort of prepared for it it kind of felt out of nowhere and low is one of my favorite bands of all time i feel like very closely connected to them we'll talk a little more about them when we get through the album this week um but yeah i, I was really really hit by this in a way that i'm not often by uh, the passing of people that I don't know in real life, but it just, it just revealed to me how much she meant to me and how much Lowe has meant to me. And it was just like this realization of like, oh, I'm never going to see them again because they're never going to put out an album again because Lowe right. is like done all of a sudden. And it made me very grateful for all the times that I did get to see them um, and the unique sort of beauty of her voice and just how sort of chill and what a good person she seemed to be by all accounts. So anyway, the loser circle is all of humanity for the loss of Mimi Parker. Um, but the winner circle, uh, winner member for my final one here comes directly out of that, which is, uh, Phoebe Bridgers and, uh, right. storefront church, uh, yeah. did this cover of the low song words, uh, which is the first song on the first low album. And it's a really beautiful cover. Um, that record on the whole is pretty stripped down as is a lot of early low stuff, um, that song maybe has a little more sort of uh, muscle behind it than some of their stuff on that record, but this version is like very lush and huge and there's strings and dynamics and just sounds epic and it's so beautiful. So, so I really recommend folks who like Low or Phoebe Bridgers or know anything about Storefront Church, which I don't, um, to go check out their cover of Words, uh, which came out last week. Really into that. Uh, so that's my final winner. Yeah, um, I'm really excited for us to talk about our, our favorite albums next yeah. week. I anticipate that being um, a significant portion of the episode mm-hmm. because I think there's so much to talk about with all of the albums yeah. that we're going to be discussing. I know there's going to be some there's going to be some overlap. Yes. But man, I'm I'm so I'm really really struggling finalizing my list because yeah. there are some there's some that I really want to put on there, but I'm like ah, to put this on put this on there something's gonna have to get bumped. I know, and I feel like is it 
is it is it not in, is it ending up in my honorable mentions enough for me to like give it for me to uh is that respectful enough for how like strongly i feel about some of these records sure. yeah, yeah but because my honorable mentions list is getting significantly long oh, mine know? is unwieldy and i'm at the point of like <laughs> even if you're making the honorable mentions that's pretty good because i had a whole other like several tiers beneath that that had to get lapped off for that so i know i know well that that aside you know i'm i've been fully anticipating that episode so we can just talk yes. about it you, you, we both know uh a significant yeah. not an insignificant number of of the yes. albums because we're both like we talk about albums all year long and yeah. and, and stuff that were like oh it's fucking rules totally. so you know i guess i i'll say my one of my winners for this uh for this week is like the year 2022's music hell yeah good like, year it good year of good solid pop records for yes, sure definitely um but i don't want to i don't want to get too far sure. ahead of myself but yeah but john we do need to get into uh you know we just had the winter circle it is mm. time um we have to get into the losers lounge yes you know we we haven't done a loser's lounge in a while um it's been a while it's been a while i've been off social media for seven weeks six seven yeah. weeks something like that i think you get a spot in the winner circle for that decision by the way good job <laughs> and it all it, it it kind of all took place me deciding this was like I think right before a lot of shit started going sideways with Twitter. Oof, yeah. Because I was not on Twitter when all of the blue check stuff was going down. Yeah. And just watching the the kind of person that Elon Musk just continuously reveals himself to be is just yep. like you're just truly truly awful yep. and get rid of billionaires. Billionaires yep. shouldn't exist. Word. And he, he just sucks. He just sucks in general. I don't want to spend any more time yeah. talking he's about a, he's him. He's a perpetual loser's lounge member. Yep. Um, as is uh Kanye West forever. Yeah. Um, perhaps one of the um the reigning champions of Indeed. the losers lounge. I feel like season one we talked about we're like we want to have a moratorium on even talking about this guy. Yeah. He's only gotten uh, progressively worse, so and much more worse. awful. Yeah. So that is a a huge disappointment. The guy who said George Bush doesn't care about black people right. is now uh, talking about how great Hitler is. Yep. Um, so weird. And also, like, let's not use mental illness as a as a scapegoat for people's terrible mm -hmm. um, choices. That also demonizes people who do have mental illness who are able to um not uh be racist pieces of shit just because you're bipolar or whatever yeah. it doesn't instantly mean that you're like oh he doesn't know what he's saying it's like right. all right well no he's he's bipolar and a giant piece of shit so yeah yeah maybe this isn't fair on my end but there's just something that uh i came up today that um i mentioned in the discord and 
this is uh, talking, somebody mentioned in the Discord about um, Josh Porter, who is was the lead singer of Showbread, mm-hmm. um, a band that people have said, oh man, you guys, you guys don't know them. You should be checking them out. You should cover them yeah. um, during when you do your hardcore season or your whatever, mm-hmm. uh, screamo, emo, hardcore season, whatever. Um, we're like, oh yeah. Um, and it came to my attention today that uh, he has a book mm-hmm. and it's called um, Death to Deconstruction, uh, Reclaiming Faithfulness as an Act of Rebellion. Uh... And I was like, um, okay, let me, I'm like, I wanna, I'm gonna, I wanna get the, some more context for this. It's a provocative right. title. Yes. I want to I want to f- see what this is what this is about. And so I went to the I went to Amazon and I looked at the book description and uh, it says straightforward, readable, relatable look at issues that too often derail faith. Another Christian renounces the church in Christ. Former Christian music star turns her back on faith. I kissed Christianity goodbye. Headlines like these are becoming common. It seems like the most popular trend in faith circles lately is to deconstruct and then deconvert. Joshua Porter knows that story from the inside out. He was raised in the tangles of American evangelical Christianity, and the church he knew was conservative, fundamentalist, and politicized. It feared culture, music, art, Dungeons and Dragons, Harry Potter, and anything else that was slightly suspect. The foundation of dread and fear was full of holes he nearly fell through and out of faith altogether. His story put him on the road to deconversion, but that isn't where he ended up. Despite his years of being surrounded by disaffected former Christians and living large in the punk rock lifestyle, Porter now finds his faith closer to the historic Christian tradition than ever. This book is more than Porter's own story. It also invites those who may be in the deconstruction process themselves to consider the perspective of someone who is tempted to leave his faith, Mm. yet stayed. And it provides theological insight and pastoral support to those who worry that everyone is bailing out on the church. So that description in and of itself was enough for me to like, yeah, be like, yeah, I'm probably not going to read this book. Hmm, um, right. uh, in, in that, I mean, I'm not going to buy it because yeah, I don't want to own this book because that was kind of a, that was kind of a bummer that like, this is, this is your take. And so I noticed that there was uh, an ability to download a Kindle sample on Amazon. So I'm like, I'll do that. I'll get a free whatever they, however, you know, much they let you, they let you read. And it made me more disappointed and, and angry and riled up than, than I thought It, it, it comes across as, you know, he's, he's trying to set himself up as you know, I was, you know, this is the place I was in and, mm-hmm. um, I was going to lose my faith or whatever. And I was, what, and, and all that, like trying to be like, you know, I was almost there too. And so therefore, you know, that gives him some sort of, I don't credibility. know, credibility in this, yeah. in this arena and fine. I feel like if you, deconstructed and deconverted and then like 
you know, years later you came back and you're like, I found a, a faith in a different way. I feel like that would have a little bit more credibility than to be like, oh, I was never not a Christian. Right. I've always still, I've always been a Christian. I was just close to not being a Christian. I was falling prey to what he calls the great predators. Hmm. Um, and the way he frames so many of these things to me are reductive and diminishing and like as if these aren't actual things to be uh that are like le they're legitimate they're not like these things that are like oh they're gonna they're out to get the it's like no these are legitimate reasons for why people maybe deconvert or don't call themselves christians anymore mm -hmm. um and he says the first one is biblical illiteracy, um, which um, it's like, yeah, if you don't understand the, the book, of course, you're not going to want to believe it. It's like, you know, but pretty much all studies uh, say show that atheists have a better understanding or better biblical understanding than Christians do. Mm -hmm. They you can look at Pew Research, and that is something that that is documented that um just basic biblical literacy that mm -hmm. you know um the second great predator is the problem of evil craig's brother knows something about that very legitimate criticism um i don't know why that's like uh something that it's like yeah if if you are the one making the claim about your deity you have to back you have to back it up and yeah i know it's inconvenient it's an inconvenient place to be that you know but that's that's your problem mm -hmm. um politicized christianity yes when you uh when it becomes politicized it's not just like oh i don't like this political leader it's like well if you your political party is rallying people to violence towards different groups of people yeah maybe they don't feel safe in the mm -hmm. church safety is legitimate um yeah the uh, fourth one is hypocrisy. So yes, yeah. if the people that are lifted up by this uh, in the spotlight are these people that are um, hypocritical and claim claim the name of 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 this faith, also, um, I mean that's for me not not really at the top of my list, but it's also a, le a legitimate grievance. Um, and to me, the most insulting one. And this is, and I, I honestly, I don't know Josh or the, sh the work of Showbread very well, mm -hmm. but this to me is the most insulting one, and I expect better of him. Mm -hmm. uh, the final lumbering predator, he says, is self-denial. Um, that people uh, deconstruct because they just want to, they don't want to like give up everything for for the lord they want to do what they want they want to be an american and they want to um you know do what makes you happy and yeah that's just that's so that's such a shitty thing to say yeah. it's very dismissive Have you, and patronizing it is very patronizing yeah and like yeah okay i understand that you you know he makes it sound like the people that he's been hanging out with are just like these disaffected, angry people. It's like, hey, you know what? 
there are plenty of people who left the church who have reasons to be angry. Right. And to diminish it by being like, oh, they just want to live for themselves. They just want right. to be selfish. Well, it's such uh, a, yeah, it just betrays your use of like a straw man where like yeah. you haven't actually talked to people about their experiences. Cause you know, as we've talked about over the years, like <clears throat> most people's deconstruction or deconversion experiences are very painful and yeah. involve giving up a lot of their identity often in a way that's like really difficult. It's not like a casual, like, hey, I hear this is cool right now. I'll try it out. And that is so often how it's framed. Right. I mean, that's, that's how he frames this on on like the book description. It's like right. it's the trendy thing to do. It's right. so trendy to you know have to analyze and painfully uh, go through your value system and your what you thought the world to be and to just start over from like trying to understand things. It's not something you do for fun because other people think it's cool. Right. That's just, I don't know. It's not know a thing. What, it's not a thing. Yeah. They're looking it's, to cash in on an idea and like, I don't know, anytime there's like something in the news, they're like, oh, how can I like spin this to, to get attention or whatever? But yeah, this is, this, this to me strikes me more as a, a manual to for that people will use to prop up what they whatever arguments they have for uh why they think it's like oh you're just leaving the church because you want to live a selfish lifestyle right it's like you know what there are any number of reasons that um people decide they want to leave the church how about why did you decide you wanted to be a christian was it because you uh, happened to grow up in a family that was Christian and that's like, did you make that choice for yourself or was it just sort of kind of spoon fed to you? Mm-hmm. I can also be patronizing and, right. uh, and dismissive of your real earnest faith experience, but yeah. I won't do that because that's so shitty for me to second guess your intentions, which is what's happening here. You're yeah. second guessing my authentic choices mm-hmm. and calling them uh, a aggressive cancerous outgrowth of yep. ordinary transforming. Yep. Fuck you. Yeah. That yeah. is so shitty. Yeah. You're I'm, you know, and the thing that's so frustrating is like, it just, it's, it's just disappointing that you that people have been saying like this guy really feels like you know he would be like somebody that we we could like connect with and like right. this is this is your take this is your yeah. 20 almost 2023 take right right this yeah. is a bad these are bad takes all that to say again i'll give him a crumb of a ben- benefit of the doubt um that you know, I haven't read the entire book, but just based on the tone, (laughs) yeah. like, I don't need, if this is like the tone of that you're starting off with, right. This is what you want me to stick around for. Yeah. Right. This we were, you're talking about, you're the, you're talking about, you know, fundamentalism and, and here, like, these are the, these are the things that I left 
evangelical Christianity for. Right. You're not, this isn't different, my dude, my brother right. in Christ, you are not <laughs> different. Yeah. I mean, you're it's, just as condescending. Right. It, we were texting about this a little, um, and the fact that it's like, has the title and, and subtitle the way that it does, we were kind of like, well, maybe it's like a provocative, mm. you know, title that's going to maybe sell books to generate interest and the actual content is a little more nuanced. And then it was like, Oh, nope. <laughs> like you shared some of the, uh, the passages with me and it's like, Oh, clearly there's, there's not a lot of nuance to this position. And I don't know, we're talking about David Bazan this week. I'm back in that Bazan headspace and just yeah. the idea of like deconstruction's okay within the confines of within the safeguards of orthodoxy. Yeah. just makes me think about, this thing that it, that Bazano was talked about, we just like let go of what you know and honor what exists. Like this guy is so certain about what orthodoxy is, and right. orthodoxy as it is known today in evangelical circles is like a pretty recent understanding of what that term even means, and that is changing and subjective as well. And it's like I don't think we do well by ourselves or our faith or by other people when we're so certain about something that it means that we're dismissive of other people's experiences. Like yeah. I have a prescriptive idea of how you live your life because I'm so certain about this. And it's like, you are articulating why people want to leave this kind of thinking. Um, so let go, man, there's freedom in like the world as it exists without your certainty. And yeah, like everything I know about show, like uh, I think, you know, full disclosure, we're very pumped about the idea of a hardcore season. I'd say that's probably coming sooner rather than later. Showbread is maybe like the number one band people have recommended most consistently to us as a couple of people who don't know them super well. And like, by all accounts, everything I knew about them seemed to be like, they have this very like pacifist uh, yeah. energy and they've spoken out against like sweatshops consistently and they consider patriotism like, you know, uh, to be like, uh, sinful and they uh, just all this stuff that seemed very thoughtful. They were like getting in trouble in the scene all the time for like other Christians, not finding what they were saying, like properly Christian. Right. Um, and I'm like, this ain't it, this ain't <laughs> it. And maybe, you know, we, it's odd. Cause kind of like you're saying, most artists that we've talked to from this world, 20, 25 years later are like, yeah, you know, my faith has you know changed or I don't have faith anymore or whatever. And some of these folks are really going the opposite direction and yeah. using the trend in the world of uh, violent faith right now per Ted's Ted Bond to uh, yeah. double down on this like backward uh, momentum of thought. So anyway, a bummer. Yeah. It's a big bummer. And John, have you ever known me to try and talk you out of what you believe? Certainly not. Have I ever tried to be like, like, but John, like, don't you know that like, I mean, just so many people in the people in the in Magpod community, they know where I stand on, right. on, on these issues, but I would never tell somebody that the path that they are on or the journey that they're taking is cancerous or wrong. And right. I, I alone have figured out right. the way to go. And also, what are you afraid of? Right. So I, I deconstructed and I deconverted. And 
Right. So what? And like these terms, like bailing on God, it's just what? How old are we? I know. Yeah. It feels bailing, like, the, uh... like it's like it just it makes it again. It is. It makes it sound childish or flippant or yeah. like uh, I'm gonna. This party's lame. I'm bailing. It's like no. Yeah. This is so much more painful and well thought out and and people lose a lot people lose jobs they lose mm -hmm. relationships and family mm -hmm. and friends this is not something that they're just like oh this is pretty hip to not love god anymore right i tried my dude and yeah. guess what i just didn't believe it anymore right and that's just the way it goes so you can be as condescending as you want, but I don't know who you think this is for. You think I'm one of the three readers. Right. It ain't me, my dude. No, I don't think you're going to get a lot of folks reading this and feeling any kind of convincing argument from it. Uh, I was going to say earlier, the bailing on God thing reminds me of the like God's Rock TV, the G-Rock thing of like oh, right. extreme <laughs> sports. We're like, you don't want to bail on God, bro. Um <laughs> Jesus is like a skate ramp. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go gleam that cube with the Lord. Gleam that cube. Um, yeah, it just, I, I don't know. It's uh, the fear, to your point, that's at the heart of this need for certainty and for others to prescribe to your certainty. It just, yeah, it just betrays a, a fearfulness that I'm just like, I wish you didn't have to live with this level of fear that's making life harder for other people um it feels like a little bit of projection it feels so. like trying to convince yourself right you know is, you're are you writing this book for other people or are you writing this for yourself to be like right, right. Uh, it's orthodoxy yeah that's the ticket that's right. that's that's how i that's how you do it you gotta you gotta be safeguarded you gotta stay right. within the confines and if we're if we're talking like you're saying about people who are convincing themselves of the tenets of orthodoxy to stay in the faith as they're going through a process. I have a, a, you know, a level of understanding and compassion for that of being like, they're clinging to things as they're figuring out what they believe, but to, to use that process to then double down and be like, Nope, turns out I figured it out and you all got it wrong. So <laughs> uh, thumbs down to this book. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with how and whether we cover them in the future and all that, but right. Um, it certainly will color how we sort of think about some of it, I think. Um, yeah. And I need to see if I can find a copy at the library or something, because I really do want to finish um, and to kind of see where, see where he takes it. And yep. maybe somehow sure. uh, this section is just wildly uh sure. different and the tone like takes a 180 and he's like just kidding i totally respect you yeah well yeah maybe you'll come back and be like i realized that i bailed on the lord and <laughs> i'm coming back yeah. uh, you know the the rotting cancer that is yeah, uh it's been that cured. is my that is my soul and the house of my life um took a took a sledgehammer to it and realized i shouldn't mm. have yeah makes makes people want to Come back to church, that kind of talk. Yeah, um, the, the language it really strikes me as like trying to like spending a lot of day, a lot of time on like thesaurus.com, trying to come up with like the most descriptive ways to like shit on people who are yeah. like oh going cancerous. Through. That's a good one. <laughs> Rotting great. house. Love it, love it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. This rules.
Um, are you guys uh, guys back with the Lord yet, or what? Yeah, did it work? Did You're it not work? afraid? Weird. <laughs> um, I still am. Um, okay, well, thumbs down to that. Uh, maybe we'll get a MagPod uh, book club going so you can keep up your rage and you can... Uh, <laughs> you can confirm or deny with us uh how the book how the rest of the book is i, I would be really i'm sure our audience uh is interested in in this kind of stuff and and his takes given a lot of people's love for showbread so let us know what you think about all this um you know speaking of magpod nation yeah uh something earlier we, we may not have gotten a, a voicemail or an email about this but I did get a DM saying, hey, you played a song of ours, but it was the wrong song. So I did want to honor Patreon punks, Eric Gentry and Meg from Monterey by playing the correct song uh, that they sang on. Um, Now, last time, or at some point on the show, a couple episodes ago, we we were playing some songs that we we had – folks had sent in you know over recent months that we hadn't gotten to yet and uh i played a different song by adam bean is that his name yes um and in fact and we were like i can't really hear the vocals there (laughs) so that makes sense the song that they actually sang on was called too young to party by adam bean uh megan eric sang background vocals on that so before we go any further a uh, couple of couple of other additions to our winner's circle here, Adam and Meg. We wanted to, or I'm sorry, Eric and Meg. We wanted to hear, uh, wanted to hear "Too Young to Party," which they're featured on. Hell yeah. Song that sounds like that song sounds like a party it really does that's great makes a lot more sense now uh yeah <laughs> much more prominent uh vocals of course eric lovely voice of the adorkables, adorkables. meg lovely voice of uh being in our hearts and lives uh <laughs> love meg she sounds great there there's both sound great there and this adam bean guys this, this is rad stuff he's from monterey as well um but uh that was super fun way into it yes so many into it. talented members of magpod nation so yeah. Thank you, Eric, for clarifying that I fucked up. Um, happy to always hear creative output from the many creative and talented members of MagPod Nation. But before we get any further in this episode, Andrew, mm, we've, yes. we've done some ranting. Mm-hmm. We've done some, we've shared some thoughtful thoughts about the holiday season. Yes. I have an important question. Ooh. That we need to address. Okay. Yeah. Before going any further. John, hit me. 
Do you want to play a game? <laughs> um, yeah, those those jingle bells that you're jingling are uh, they're hard to hear. But rest assured, John is. Uh, oh, oh, is this any better? Uh, not really. <laughs> oh, okay, well, they're jingling, um, baby. Yeah, John is jingling some jingle bells. I'll, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll overlay. I'll overlay some jingle bells right here. John, lo, those are some those are some very bright and cheerful jingle oh, bells. Oh, oh, yes, they're very good for quizzes. <laughs> yes, and I do want to play this game. Okay, good. Your question. <laughs> um, man, I really thought I came prepared with some some props there. Um, okay, I'm calling today's quiz. You'll never guess all these. Ooh, how ho ho hard is this Christmas Carol quiz? Oh, I hope no. you get a W and Noel. <laughs> uh, that was outstanding. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well done. Uh, well done. Yes, this is a Christmas Carol quiz. Um, going through some Christmas music, some Christmas classics, trying to stump you. Uh, normally, you are a master of these. I tried, you know, maybe to make it a little harder than normal for that reason, but I'm, I'm sure you'll still wipe the floor with my uh, questions. Um, but before we get into this, uh, you know, Bazan record in the, in the second segment here, we got to we got to talk about some other Christmas music. So, let's do it. Question number one: This episode, we're covering what could be called now. That's what I call depressing Christmas music, Volume One. Uh, <laughs> what what Christmas classic was originally deemed too sad by its producers, who demanded parts of it be rewritten? Ooh, interesting. Was it A? I'll be home for Christmas recorded by Bing Crosby in 1943. B, Christmas Time is Here from 1965's A Charlie Brown Christmas. C, Someday at Christmas, recorded by Stevie Wonder in 1967. Or D, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, originally recorded by Judy Garland in 1944. The so-, so some of the lyrics were rewritten, you're saying? Yes, the song was presented. The producer said, hmm, who wants to listen to depressing Christmas music? Um, <laughs> please reword some of these sections. Fast forward like seven decades and John's like, hit me up. Yep. Uh, um, sadder, I say. More depressing. If I'm going to go just based on tone alone, mm. I'm going to have to go with Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by Judy Garland. Because that's that the, the melody of that song is very mournful. And uh, and sad, so I'm gonna have to go with D. D. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Deemed too sad by its producers, you're saying? Uh, sure. Yes. Andrew. Yeah. You're correct. Oh, <laughs> I thought for sure I was no, wrong. You always come through. You do it, buddy. Uh, those other three songs also sad Christmas songs. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, Christmas time is here from Charlie Brown. Maybe not sad in lyrics but certainly mournful and it's <laughs> christmas time i can't remember if i've ever shared this anecdote but i am obsessed with charlie brown and my mom and dad are like into it but like a, a little less so than me growing up and i would listen to that album a lot and my mom was always like "Ugh, it's so depressing and i was like what do you mean she's like christmas time kill yourself <laughs> so i always think that when i hear the song now um, anyway, amazing, great song. Uh, no, but you are correct. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Was written by Hugh Martin for the movie Meet Me in St. Louis, uh, which Judy Garland starred in, 
and Garland and the filmmakers found it too depressing, asked him to change it. He initially resisted making those changes, but ultimately did make several changes for the version that ended up in the movie and became popular. Uh, the original lyrics, it may be your last, next year we may all be living in the past, became, let your heart be light, next year all our troubles will be out of sight. Uh, then later, when Frank Sinatra recorded it, he asked Hugh Martin to revise the line, until then we'll have to muddle through somehow, uh, to hang a, hang a shining star upon the highest bow. Um, Frank said, uh, the name of my album is A Jolly Christmas. You think you could jolly up that line? So <laughs> props to Old Blue Eyes for haranguing him into a more uh, sanded off edges version that we all know and love. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, I mean, in reality, that probably would have been your favorite Christmas song of all time. <laughs> yeah, those probably. Were... Uh, I like those original uh, depressing lyrics. It's good. Uh, just we're all going to be fucking dead. You know, who's, who's, I love how you? the lines were, it may be your last. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, you never know. This might be your last Christmas. What a great. Yeah, ma- Merry Christmas. Sense. You'll be dead next year. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> oh, Hugh Martin. Um, Classic. Okay. Number two. You're on fire already. Um, Dave Bazan has a lush baritone voice uh, whose evolution we can track across songs on today's album. We'll get to that. Uh, The singer of You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, similarly has a memorably low, although much bassier, voice. What character did the singer of You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch also provide the voice for? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Was it A... Unicron the Transformer as performed by Orson Welles. B, Darth Vader and Mufasa, famously played by James Earl Jones. C, Tony the Tiger, performed by Thurl Ravenscroft. Or D, Smaug the Dragon in the animated Hobbit movie, performed by Richard Boone. Wait, so... <laughs> this is confusingly worded. I'm confused. He, he also played one of these characters yes the singer of the song you're a mean one mr grinch also provided the voice for one of these characters and i named the actor who played each of those roles so the actor who did one of those roles also sang the song i know that's confusing okay so it's either uh orson wells the guy who does tony the tiger james earl jones james earl jones or the voice of smog the dragon i'm gonna have to go with uh tony the tiger you're saying, just to be clear, the person who sang You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch was Thurl Ravenscroft, who also did the voice of Tony the Tiger? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Andrew, that answer is great. <laughs> you did it, oh, King. Oh, my God. I did two it. Two for two. Did it. You managed Oof. to overcome this confusing question. <laughs> I, right. I was like, wait a minute. This is uh, Orson Welles. I mean, no, I was like, that doesn't, no, that doesn't sound right. Well, it also doesn't sound right that he voiced Unicron the Transformer, but here we are. <laughs> but in fact, our King Thrill Ravenscroft, you're a mean one, was also there. Great. Which makes sense. Um, yes. All right. Two for two. I gotta Number say three. though, there's I could see James Earl Jones. Right? Sounds this pretty, does, pretty that sounds pretty James Earl Jonesy. It does that does has pretty James Earl Jonesy. Um love that dude. Um all right. Number three. Christmas carols are a unique genre in that they've been performed and reinterpreted across centuries all over the world. But which Christmas carol was the first song performed in space? Ooh. Was it A? Jingle Bells? 
B, Oh Holy Night, C, Christmas, parentheses, baby, please come home, or D, rocking around the Christmas tree. More like rocket around the Christmas Ooh, tree. Maybe that's what they change it to if they perform <laughs> that one. That's true. That's true. Um, when when you say performed in space, like I'm probably uh-huh. I probably don't you have get follow up questions. <laughs> I probably don't get the details until after I guess. I'll tell um, you this much. Okay. This this song was performed. I won't give you date context, but I'll tell sure. you. You know, it was the first song performed in space. So take that for what it is. But it was performed by astronauts. Uh, aboard a craft that was then broadcast back to Earth. I'm gonna have to go with. I I I imagine that they were trying to bring some seriousness and wanted to be very Christian about it. And they were probably being like, "We're out here in space and just looking on God's creation." And and I'm I'm guessing. Oh, holy night. Andrew? Yeah. You may think that, but they had the opposite impulse. Uh, <laughs> in fact, they performed Jingle Bells. Oh. Um, so your first incorrect answer, I'm sorry. I yes. tried to throw you by throwing in a reverent song, such as Oh, Holy Night. Perhaps you're in space and you're thinking, I'm floored by the majesty of this moment. But they were like, Jingle Bells. <laughs> um, I threw in Christmas Baby, Please Come Home, because it's like, you know, maybe it's a little wink yeah. to like the families wanting to come home. Rocking Around the Christmas Tree came out around the same time as this, so that was trying to throw you too. But this was, in fact, Christmas 1965. Uh, astronauts Walter Shearer Jr. and Thomas Stafford performed Jingle Bells aboard Gemini 6. So there you go. A good guess, though. Uh, some say that might have been more appropriate, but... Let me see. Jingle Bells, Gemini 6. Ooh, I didn't even get this footage. Roger, Houston and Gemini 7, this is Gemini 6. Uh, we have an object, looks like a satellite, uh, going from north to south, probably in a polar orbit. Uh, he's in a very low trajectory, traveling from north to south. Is it Santa? Uh, a very high finest ratio. Looks like it might even be a... Uh, is he having a laugh? <laughs> That's actually kind of awesome. <laughs> Okay, so it wasn't singing. It sounded like no. a harmonica. Well, at first I was like, I thought it was like bleeps of bloops. I thought they were like communicating through like rocket bleeps. But no, I think you're right. That was a harmonica. Yes. An, the harmonica. An note honer little lady harmonica in space. <laughs> uh, the harmonica now resides in the Smithsonian. Well, I brought my little lady with us. I uh, thought perhaps I'd play some jingle bells. Was he trying Man, to say that he was seeing Santa? Was that the joke or am I mistaken? Maybe, maybe He's so. like, it's coming from north to south, huh? huh? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, delightful. Um, but uh, but sorry. Yeah, jingle bells is the answer. Yeah. All right. Uh, you can still recover. I'm confident of this. Yeah. All right. Number four, an increasingly popular subgenre in the holiday song catalog is horny Christmas carols. Uh <laughs> Which of love these a horny, <laughs> love a horny Christmas Carol? Do we all? 
which of these spicy holiday tunes was deemed too horny by the Catholic Church and subsequently banned <laughs> from the airwaves in the 1950s? That's, was what, it... the, that's what the Pope said. <laughs> he, said uh, he decreed this is horny. <laughs> too horny. Uh, this is all too horny. I don't know. Um, <laughs> was it A, Santa Baby? Was it B, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus? Was it C, Baby It's Cold Outside? Or was it D, Elvis's cover of White Christmas? Oh, man. I mean... Sexy tunes all around. I mean, Elvis was too horny for TV back in the day. It's true. Um, Santa Baby has, uh, you know, as Taylor Swift says, you know, sexy baby. It's got a, <laughs> it's got a sexy baby vibe. Sometimes um, I fear that it... Sometimes I feel like everybody is a Santa baby. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I feel like everybody is a Santa baby. <laughs> Do the mashup, somebody. <laughs> I mean, I got... I, Santa baby is a pretty horny song. Sure And, is. you know, coming down your chimney tonight. Oh, I mean, There's come, a lot of innuendo in that there's one. There's so much innuendo. So, come and trim my Christmas tree. Yeah, it is very horny. I gotta go, Santa Baby. And uh, for the record, I hate that song. <laughs> well, oh, it's "Hurry Down My Chimney Tonight." I think is what it hurry is. "Hurry Down My Chimney Tonight." Um, well, you are correct that it is a very horny anthem, but not in the fact, correct horny anthem is incorrect because in this case, it is B. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Um, all of these songs were met with some level of concern by some people, including Elvis's cover of White Christmas, not because of the content, just because they thought Elvis was too scandalous to be celebrated for a beautiful Christmas song. Uh, but in fact, the Roman Catholic Church in Boston condemned I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus due to its sexual content. Radio stations in the city then banned it from the airwaves. Uh, the performer of the song, Jimmy Boyd, traveled to Boston, met with the church leaders, and let them in on the secret. Santa was actually the dad dressed up as Saint Nick. Yeah. The, the church later lifted the ban. I'm like, uh, that's no, pretty clear. The no song. Shit. <laughs> the Pope was like, oh, what? Oh my God. Are you serious? It's, it's okay. Like, Never mind. In in uh, in, a, in the Catholic Church, the Santa is a real man. <laughs> oh man, he sure is. <laughs> and so um, this, yeah, this in in their eyes, like. Santa's going around to these homes and like hooking up with everybody's mom. <laughs> outrageous. It's outrageous. Only... Santa, yeah. he is a, a too a horny. Um, yeah. Kind, he comes kind of down those... the chimney and he, he brings you the bigger package. Um, yeah, not. He's like, not... look, he's like, you have to, you have to handle my package and make sure to, to not, uh, to not forget about the sack. <laughs> Uh, she's saying things about coming in her chimney. Uh, <laughs> unacceptable. Um, yes. Uh, fortunately, I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus was... Uh, the, the ban was lifted, and we could enjoy it for decades to come afterward. Um, but, uh, okay. So what, what are we at? Uh, two for four. Okay. Two for four. Last one. Last chance. Yeah. Uh, I did make this one perhaps a little too hard, so maybe it's on me. Um, no, this is good. This is good. I need, I need okay. a challenge. Yeah, that's right. All right. Number five. Christmas carol genre is wide enough to encompass all manner of strange material. Four of these songs actually exist, but one I made up. Which is it? Is it A, Christmas with Satan? B, I'm going to spend my Christmas with a Dalek? C, Rudolph loves the baby Jesus? Or D, 
Santa Claus has got the AIDS. One of these you made up. <laughs> Do you want me to repeat them? I don't think you would just casually make up Santa <laughs> no. Claus has got the AIDS. It's, it's a little too rough and too specific. Yeah. <laughs> it's very rough. Um, reminds me of that old classic Walker, Texas Ranger clip. <laughs> Walker told me I have AIDS. Walker told me I have AIDS. <laughs> I got the AIDS. Oh, man. Let's see. Um, Christmas with a Dalek uh, for all the, the Doctor Who That's right. the Who heads. Not down in Whoville, necessarily. Uh, That's right. there, should, there should be a crossover, there right? Should. It's time. The, you know, Doctor Whoville. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, Grinch and, the Grinch and Doctor Who, I mean, name a more iconic duo, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, they, they sit down, they enjoy some roast beast together. Yeah. That's that seems legitimate. Uh bunch of fucking nerds out there. Uh-huh. Uh love love their Doctor Who. Uh so it's either Satan and what's the other what was the other one? Uh Rudolph loves the baby Jesus. Um I feel like I gotta go uh Rudolph, baby Jesus, final answer. Um Santa and Satan, they're too close yeah. uh, to each other in terms of the spelling. So it feels like a good fit. Uh, Rudolph AVG's final answer. So you have the audacity to suggest that I made up Rudolph Loves the Baby Jesus? Uh, I do have that audacity. You are correct. <laughs> um, I thought I could throw you because I was like, that kind of sounds like something stupid that would have existed uh, alongside Christmas shoes in the early 90s or something like that. <laughs> Rob, uh, uh, Bobby G, what do you Bobby know G, about? Bobby G, weigh in. Have weigh you ever sung on... about Rudolph Loving the Baby Jesus? <laughs> Uh, but no, you were right. I tried to come up with something, but uh, but yeah, some of these, some of these, I was like, well, it's I pro- it's probably clear to make it up, but I wanted to include it. Uh, Christmas with Satan, performed by James White and the Blacks. I'm gonna spend Christmas with the Dalek, performed by the Go Go's. Uh, you know, we had a discussion of uh, what what uh, was Matt Langston described as the sound of Daleks fucking, I believe. Right. Uh, Enjoy electric. <laughs> um, so I had to go with that. Santa Claus has got the AIDS was uh, performed by Tiny Tim in the oh, 80s. Weird sure, dude. Sure. Um, and he later regretted it. So fair enough. Um, <laughs> and I made up a song about Rudolph loving the baby Jesus. But I could have gotten weirder, but I was like, ah, it sounds like a weird thing that might exist. So three for five, pretty good. Um, enjoyed digging into some Christmas Carol history for this. Um, Apparently, I know more about horror movies than I do Christmas Carol. <laughs> hey uh same here um but what i do know a little bit about some of these christmas carols we'll hear after this break uh should we take a break and get back yeah. to david bazan dark sacred night absolutely let's let's get dark and let's get sacred mm. hi my name is Stephen long and i host a show here on rock candy called sacred tension it's about the spiritual discipline of asking questions if you find yourself uncomfortable in your faith or if you find yourself caught between modern science and ancient religion, or if you're curious about the journeys of others who are sorting out faith and doubt, Sacred Tension is a place where nothing is off limits. You will find conversations with pastors, cult experts, spiritual leaders, and skeptics, all discussing the ways we navigate the faiths we were given. Find Sacred Tension right here on Rock Candy and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, John. Have you heard of Small Step Records? You know, the name is familiar, but, but tell me more. 
Well, Small Step Records is a faith-based DIY record label with mm-hmm. bands that are melodic punk, pop punk, easycore, emo, and ska. And they have some new albums and new bands releasing records right now on all streaming services. You should check them out. Andrew, not only that, Ooh. they are Magpot's first official sponsor. Oh, really? Starburst got nothing on these guys. All mm. right. These guys are the real deal. <laughs> uh, the tagline is love God, love others, listen to pop punk. You can go to smallstepperecords.com, check out the cool records and merch and bands they have, and we will be, through their generosity, offering some giveaways in the coming uh, weeks and months uh, on our socials of some of these Small Step Bands records, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Also, John, unlike some record labels, which may have come up over the course of the podcast, the artists on Small Step always keep 100% of the rights and ownership of their music. Yes. So... Any money that goes to Small Step goes directly back into supporting the bands. This is a label with integrity, so you love to see it. Love to see it. Small Step. Check them out. Smallsteprecords.com. back yeah we are Getting talking bizarre talking ready to talk. talk some depressing christmas music yeah talking that dark sacred night that's right um this is a collection of songs that means a lot to me mm. <laughs> you will not be surprised to hear um i have a deep emotional connection to these songs uh this is a collection of songs he did from a series of seven Christmas seven-inch records uh, he put out through Suicide Squeeze Records uh, as both Pedro the Lion and Dave Bazan from 2002 to 2011. Um, I had all of these physical seven inches except the first one, I think. Um, even in the years that I didn't have access to a record player anymore, I was still ordering them. Uh, and I certainly had them all as MP3s. Uh, shout out to the pedrothelion.org message boards for hooking me up with those every year. Uh, That was the place to be back in the day. Um, And I have the vinyl album cover of Dark Sacred Night framed on my wall. Uh, I love the title. Uh, I love the cozy artwork on the cover. Mm -hmm. Just Dark Sacred Night. I'm just like, those are three things I like. Um, (laughs) So give it to me. Um, And yeah, he whittled down those 14 songs from the seven inches to 10 for this release of dark sacred night. Um, the other four he put out as a EP called Christmas bonus, which we will cover on the Patreon this week. Um, and I can see why he went with these 10. <laughs> um, but this was released, uh, as a new packaged remastered, uh, album on September 14th, 2016 on suicide squeeze. Um, you know, I referenced this earlier, but Christmas time and Christmas music are so wrapped up in nostalgia and tradition, happy feelings and melancholy feelings. And I don't know, I feel like this collection really encapsulates that well. Mm. Um, I feel similarly about the Sufjan Christmas music, as we were talking about earlier. And now both the Sufjan Christmas records and all these David Bazan Christmas songs feel 
nostalgic to me too when I listen to them because I've been listening to them for the last like 15 to 20 years now. So right. I have memories of listening to them while decorating for Christmas and putting yeah. them on at my mom's house in my early 20s and stuff like that. So now they're like part of my Christmas tradition as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this collection, I mean, uh, they mostly sound uh, pretty shitty, which means I love it. Um, <laughs> they were on those seven inches, like pretty low fi and that seven inch vinyl sound uh, really came through on those digital versions of the songs I had too. Um, and he, he did give them a, a pre-mastering for this where he took the high end off everything and then ran them through reverb. They definitely sound better and fuller here than the versions I was listening to. Um, although I'd say it retains a, a fair amount of that lo-fi production sound here as well. Very much microphone in the yeah. room yes. sound. Yeah, really fairly simple and straightforward versions for the most part. Um, you know, mostly him and an acoustic guitar, maybe an extra vocal track, maybe some jingle bells, but for the most part, pretty <clears throat> stripped down and, and straightforward. Um, yeah. But it means a lot to me. So I was like, is this going to be another headphones situation? Or like, <laughs> I just go in assuming like, well, you loved every track on this a lot, right? And you might be like, well, it kind of sounds shitty and it's weird and um, so I don't know. I'll be curious to hear what you say. I'll just say up front, I love every song. Um, I, you can hear his vocal evolution over these tracks. And there's like a flatter, earlier vocal sound early on that really make the depressing aspect of them <laughs> that much more pronounced. I told you this anecdote about we were at a, a mutual friend of ours house and uh, he, our friend put on uh, this collection and his wife was like what can we turn this off because <laughs> it was just like bizarre like a little town <laughs> of Bethlehem. and for those who are not into bizarre and pedro i understand why this collection wouldn't <laughs> sway you um but i love it and i don't know i'll say like a fair amount of this conversation that we'll have about this collection like bleeds into the covers conversation we've had several times on the show where it's like right. what makes a good cover all that stuff so it's a little different here because doing a version of a christmas carol isn't exactly a cover although the conversation of the like criteria i had for a successful version of a cover isn't too different uh than the like what makes a successful version of a carol here for me um, and there are some covers of more like more recent christmas songs here so i don't know what what are your overall thoughts so I obviously I don't have any sort of emotional connection to this. I don't have any nostalgia mm -hmm. uh, connected to this. So that's definitely not going to factor into any of my right. feelings about this other than liking Bazan just in general. And yeah. over this last year, really, truly learning to appreciate him as an artist and his evolution as a as a artist and as a person and mm -hmm. uh and appreciating his voice not just like his actual singing voice but just his voice and what he brings to mm -hmm. um the scene and to the music that he he creates and you know not really knowing how like this whole thing about like you're talking about the seven inches and how yeah this is over the course of many years um and yeah, it, so obviously this was a collection of 
very low-fi, low production value, you know, that that kind of makes sense for him. Mm, yeah. So like it it's it's on brand. Yeah. There's some songs on here that work for me better than others. Sure. It's not Sufjan. No. Um, in in the sort of creative ways that he that Sufjan tried to incorporate different styles and reimagining of classic uh hymns and carols and writing his own like yeah this is that this is not as effective as that is for me but of course again i i have um i do have nostalgia for the the sufian uh songs i'm sure even dave would be like the first to say sufian put a lot more effort into (laughs) those collections than bazan did here maybe yeah, but it's it's not like it doesn't blow my dick off, but you know I don't I don't dislike it. Okay, all right, all right, I'll take it. Um, yeah, I I wonder how I would feel about this if I came to it without knowing the context of it. Because if you're just thinking he put out all these songs at once in this style, I might kind of feel similarly. Like I'm not bowled over by this. Um, yeah, but I think there's enough to it that. You know, there's a the reason that they released it is because people have been asking for years and years, like, can you please put these out of like in a proper collection? I have these like seven inches strewn all over the place and yeah. random MP3s, but people love this. People who like him loved yeah. these songs and wanted like a proper collection. And you know, he did do like a a Christmas tour. I saw him on that. That was great when this came out. Um, and for the last few years, he's done an at home christmas live stream where he plays these songs which he is doing again this year so if you are so inclined go check that out uh i recommend that very much but yeah i i i have a i have a very special place in my heart for these songs but i also am, i think I, I think i can look at it fairly objectively in terms of what works well and maybe doesn't here and i certainly agree that sufyan is a much more sort of robust and interesting uh christmas catalog but I, they hit a similar thing to me which is like this blend of heartbreaking new songs or elements to songs that bring in some of their real life or like sad holiday stories they know about and like mm. reverent versions of christmas songs um done in kind of a, a newer interesting way so yeah ready to ready to dive in the cover of the mariah carey classic no uh if that's what you think you're getting you'll be disappointed (laughs) all i want for christmas
the song yeah um this is my number two okay cool this is a top three contender for me but d- did not make my top three where does this fall in the lineup of the releases pretty late um because this to me feels like this could be a cut on phoenix yeah or something yeah. It, it has a similar kind of I mean, I obviously we're hearing the creaking of the piano yeah, bench yeah. in there, which makes me think about piano bench. Yes, I had the same uh, thought. So um, it sounds Pedro to me. Yeah, so. yeah, totally. I mean, I think that he, you can also tell his vocal performance here. Um, a lot of the earlier songs, like I said, were like, would be more like peace on earth. Like he just had this flatter vocal delivery earlier on which was not like out of step with sort of the scene he was in in the late 90s and early 2000s but like by this point he's like oh i can use vibrato he's and i can vibrato. like yeah be a little more vulnerable with my voice and make it do interesting things so he's like peace and just like oh that sounds different from some of the other bazan we'll hear uh later and yes that does sound more like um the more recent pedro stuff in that way um yeah i love this i it's an original song, um, which there aren't like a ton of here that are just like straight up original, but the lyrics are simple. Um, he says, peace on earth, goodwill to men is what they said you'd bring us. And peace on earth, goodwill to men is all I want for Christmas, which is kind of in keeping with, you know, it could be sort of biting or sad, but also hopeful, um, which I think yeah. is the tone of a lot of this record where it's kind of like, this is sort of what the promise is supposed to be. And I'm not seeing that around me yeah. and pointing that out, but also being like, but I still want that. And we still could have that. I feel like is sort of the implicit message there. Um, but yeah, this is like, it's all fairly simple songwriting and instrumentation wise, pretty much just piano and one single keyboard note that comes in later. There's also his daughter laughing is thrown in as well. Yeah. And the mix on this one is a lot better than the version that I was used to listening to because the kid laughter, which happens in this and uh, elsewhere on the album used to bug me, (laughs) but a, that was before I had kids. So like, I think I'm more okay with it now. And back then I found it a little more grating (laughs) and B like, they're much more pulled back in the mix now. So I actually like it. I feel like it adds like a nice, like his daughter laughing and giggling in the background. Yeah. feels kind of warm whereas in the past i used to be like geez that really comes out of nowhere and it's like very loud in the mix and i don't know that we need all this kid laughing but um yeah now i just think it's cute it's nice yeah and there's a feel of his family being involved on in a few of these songs that i think is nice and makes sense for this kind of collection um but uh yeah i don't know it, it's it's pretty hard to argue with. It's it's direct. It's pretty. It's a little haunting and sad. Yeah, it's kind of all the things I want. So <laughs> doesn't I, make your top three. It doesn't. It was it was certainly in the running, but ultimately, there's more that I like more. Um, I see. It's interesting too that like what I connected with. I'll, I'll be curious to see what what my other ones mm. where they fall in terms yeah. of the how late 
yeah they came out but um all right happy christmas war's over love that warm acoustic guitar sound yeah uh, that he has here i don't know i i always really liked this john lennon song this is a cover uh growing up but then i felt it got pretty played out as far as like a very frequently covered song yeah and i i got kind of sick of it um but this was a while ago that he recorded this this is kind of like halfway through that cycle so maybe like mid 2000s so i give it more of a pass because it wasn't I'd feel like maybe not as like omnipresent uh, back then. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, what do you think of the original song and of, of this version? I like this version. Um, I, I don't totally love the song in general. Um, It kind of falls in the, uh, in the general Beatles canon of uh, Christmas songs done by Beatles that are. uh, Yeah. You better not be. mocking simply having a wonderful christmas time right now <laughs> it's, it's it's a synthy sucks. no it it's sucks, a synthy dude. a beautiful synthy daydream it's a synthy nightmare let it into your heart i will not <laughs> as far as like putting some effort into it you know there's multiple instruments going on there's multiple vocal tracks yep so uh more so there's some more effort on this one than than other tracks so yeah this is um you know he does some great harmonies with himself i think sound good pretty simple beat but you know we got a beat and some sleigh bells for percussion that makes a different a difference i don't know i think it sounds cool there's a cool little synthy sound at the very end that i like um but yeah i'd say my feeling about this song is similar to the original version which is like yeah that's fine (laughs) so Oh yeah. There's like a ring in the background that <laughs> comes out at the last second more prominently. Oh, yep. Good one. Ready, ready to uh let's get to that manger, bro. Get to that manger, bro. These oh, yeah. faded jeans <laughs> mean some better day. No? <laughs> no. It's the same. It's the same opening chord. That's funny. (laughs) 
My daddy was pistol, now I'm just <laughs> son of a gun. That's uh, Away in a Manger by Tumbledown. Um, <laughs> this is my number three. The song rules. Uh, it's not in my top three, but another contender. Um, yeah, again, just great warm guitar sound there. Love that. How do you feel about it? That's my number three. How do you feel about it, though? <laughs> um, I feel good about it. I, again, like, I don't know the original mix, but I really love all of the reverb going on on this. Yeah, that was always in there. Okay. Uh, I love the big, big, boomy, reverby sound. Mm -hmm. And I love the shitty Bazan harmony that comes in. <laughs> There's going to be a time in my life where I, I hear a not great sounding harmony from uh -huh. Bazan. I'll be like, ah, oh, yes, it's <laughs> so great. Yeah, so great that it's <laughs> more of those coming up. Um, <laughs> but I love a simple yeah. um, Christmas hymn, you know, it, it yeah. They're great. It's like some of my favorite um, hymns is is Christmas hymns. Mm -hmm. They're they're. I mean, talk about. I mean, I think that's probably where most of my nostalgia comes from. Sure. Not necessarily just Bazan himself, but the songs growing right. up and and still finding them beautiful and the melodies beautiful and um, they can be done a million different ways and I'm I'm still still gonna find them beautiful. Totally. But how do you feel about it? Um, I said that earlier because I, uh, I didn't mean to. Uh, <laughs> I fully agree. I mean, we talked about this with like the conversation we've had of different Christmas songs done by artists in different ways. And the idea of like bad religion covering yeah. these old Christmas hymns, just the idea that they are, they are beautiful songs that withstand the test of centuries uh because they are interesting and their melodies are great and that's why a band like bad religion can cover them and not feel like it's out of place uh, it just in the same way that uh you know the uh the non-deconstructed uh christian uh, yeah, they, of the world can also yeah they them. like yeah people who just like are just this cancerous totally <laughs> deconstructed yes exactly like them um yeah, no, I think you're totally right. And he talked about at the time sort of how he decided to include the songs that he did on this collection after going through his older stuff. Um, and and the two songs on the first seven inch he did did not make the cut at all on this collection, which makes sense to me. Um, but part of what he was sort of reevaluating as he was deciding to keep playing Christmas songs in general and then deciding what he should put on this collection was sort of like, what does he still feel okay doing as somebody who no longer right. believes um, in this stuff in a certain sense? Um, and he's like, Away in a Manger is a great song. And he's like, I find it very moving still, even if I don't believe that it was a savior born in a manger. And I don't know. I think a lot of people feel that way probably where there's like a, even these like explicitly, you know, spiritual Christmas songs and hymns still mean a lot to a lot of people um, in no small part because they're just great songs. So yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's a really cool version. You know, it's a pretty straightforward version and performance of the song. He doesn't add new lyrics like he does in some of the other 
sort of more traditional hymns uh, in other spots in this record. It, it's just, you know, just acoustic guitar and nice vocal harmonies, uh, depending on how you feel about the harmonies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is another one that I can just remember hearing this one as I'm putting it on the record player in my mom's house while decorating the tree, like in my early 20s and just evoking nice memories. Um, and I like the strumming kind of style he does between verses yeah. of the like, ding, 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 ding. I don't know, just a cool, a cool rhythm here. So I like this one a lot. I, any of these could probably be in my top three, but the two that you have named so far are certainly contenders, but didn't make the cut ultimately, but I get why you have them. Well, you know, teach their own. Your yes. experience with them is significantly sure. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious if my number one is going to be on your list. Hmm. Um, God rest ye merry gentlemen. Well, that hiss. Oh, sounds great. <laughs> yeah. So this is my number one. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was trying to articulate why exactly that is. Um, I just really love this version. Obviously, he gives it sort of a a sad feeling by doing like a sparse minor chord version. And again, the little strummed chords between the chorus and the verses really make it for me. The like ding 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 ding. I don't know. I'm not doing a good job of uh, capturing it, but you know what I'm saying. Um, the whole thing feels very intimate and delicate, and it's just an acoustic guitar and one vocal track the whole time. Um, so it I sounds like doubled vocal track. May, yeah, maybe doubled. Um, and like we were saying, that 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 hiss of the of the room sound is very evident still, but it always felt just very intimate to me and it feels kind of like the the ur text of a bazan christmas song where it's like this is what i think of as sort of that pure distilled <laughs> bazan christmas energy um and uh, i have to say objectively probably one of the shittiest sounding songs on the record <laughs> so, so you know, that makes one, so that makes sense um a lot of it though is the new lyrics that he wrote i think that's what makes me uh, that's what makes it resonate so much for me. So the first um, part of the song is the traditional verses, but then he says, after Thanksgiving, our folks unpacked the manger scene with Mary Joseph shepherds and three Kings on bended knee, but left the manger empty till we slept on Christmas Eve. Um, so I know a lot of people have that tradition of 
their parents would put in the baby Jesus and Christmas Eve and kids would find it in the morning. So it's sort of a sweet idea. Uh, but then he moves on to, and now my wife and children dream of gifts beneath the tree while I place in the manger baby Jesus figuring, sipping Christmas whiskey, wondering if I still believe. And that's just like, oh, that's, there it is. That, that feels pretty perfect to me. Um, he, he makes it his own, but retains the power of the original old song. Um, and again, the, I think he's expressing like, there's joy in the tradition, this tradition he inherited from his parents that he still does, but there's also room for sadness and mystery there. You know, I'm, I'm still doing these Christmas traditions, but there's room for wondering do I yeah. even believe any of this? Um, yeah. Traditions change as we age, as do our beliefs. Um, but Christmas stays the same in many ways, um, which is always just an interesting, interesting thing to track sort of where we are in our lives and how we've changed and, and things that have changed over the years and having to adapt to that. But I don't know, the phrase sipping Christmas whiskey, wondering if I still believe is just like what I think of when I think of Bazan or Pedro Christmas songs. I feel like it encapsulates it so well um i can get down with that for sure yeah yeah so i don't know i think that's kind of the center of why i love it so much but again i there's really any of these could be in my top three but this is this is my sort of definitive one you just sound like one of those deconstructed christians man i know Talking i just wish... about like they don't believe anymore you just just trying to do what's cool this time of year that's true i just need some safeguards of orthodoxy to help me out <laughs> yeah yeah, I really like the song. Um, and perhaps if I had thought about the lyrics more and thought about, you know, sure. maybe, you know, but yeah, letting it, the hiss wash over me. Oh, yeah. That's what the hiss, about. Let, let that hiss wash on you, bro. Let the hiss uh, wash over you. Yeah. Hear the hiss and then you mm. hear uh, those bells mm. on, Christmas, on Christmas Day. That is. <laughs> More hiss. <laughs> yep. This is my number two. Interesting. I think we're gonna have a totally different top three. Um, man, interesting. Uh, you're. I mean, I guess it's not at all interesting. And just <laughs> it all makes total sense. <laughs> These are the shitty ones. <laughs> um, he has kind of a long history with the song. Uh, I've loved this song since I've heard it, and I'm pretty sure Dave was my introduction to it. Um, it was the first song he did on his first christmas seven inch in 2002 
that version is not on here. It's on the EP, uh, understandably, <laughs> but I do love both versions. Um, then he also did a better version as Pedro for the maybe this Christmas tree compilation that was mostly piano driven. <clears throat> and this, I think, is the best version of it. Um, it's just acoustic guitar and sleigh bells. Um, but yeah, I just I love the song in general. Sleeping at Last also does a nice version of the song. But I've always appreciated the sort of rawness and honesty of the song, which was uh, originally a poem in 1863. Um, but, you know, the lines, then in despair, I bow my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Um, so that is in the original poem and song. Um, but again, what really hits me here is he adds new original words to the ending verse in this version. Um, and I, I really liked how he treated it here after he had, you know, the, the first two versions he did just had the original lyrics. This one he did, again, fairly late in uh, in the life of these records and after he had stopped being Christian and kind of made the song his own. So the original words of the ending verse were, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. And now he changes it to, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. We're only what we, we're only what we sow and reap. If we are ever to get along, then we ourselves must right the wrongs for peace on earth, goodwill to men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. Both of those versions I find powerful. But this one is in keeping with the, you know, what I was talking about earlier, let go of right. what you know and honor what exists. That's what bearing witness is. Like the idea of yes. a lot of what he talked about on Cursory Branches, where it's like, what we have is the world in front of us. And regardless of your beliefs, it's up to us to make things better. Um, so I don't know. I feel very moved by it. Um, I'm moved by the traditional version and all of Dave's versions, but especially this one. So again, I think it's a lot of it is the lyrics that are really putting yeah. these in my top three here some people just need to uh listen to some old small bazan stuff throw mm. on throw on curse your branches mm-hmm. let go let go of what you think you yep. um it's a good word from our boy word get him on the pod Oof. what's it gonna I, take i would love to uh i, I kind of loosely pitched it and uh <laughs> didn't receive an immediate thumbs up so <laughs> i mean but, uh, i think it's also because he was like about to go out yeah on tour his, and... his manager gave me a firm no <laughs> yeah polite but firm but he himself was like cool man that rules and i was like <laughs> all right see you later um, but i wasn't like you have to come on my podcast dave uh he no he seemed very excited about the whole idea um yeah so anyway get him on the pod <laughs> Uh, jingle those bells, baby. Mm. Yeah.
It's picking up at all. It is not. <laughs> all right. I'm I'm really going to town on these jingle bells. Um I like this one. Uh this song is a skip for me. <laughs> I would say it's my favorite. <laughs> it nor is it my favorite Christmas song at all. Uh, no, I do not like jingle bells. Yeah, I, here's what I'll say about it. When I got my seven inch that year, I was like, jingle bells, really? Uh pretty sure that was the B side, but I was still like, huh. But it's like I do find this one kind of fun and comforting and nice. You wouldn't expect a Dave Bazan version of Jingle Bells to work necessarily. Um, I think he said his daughter liked it best at the time, and that's why he did it, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and it's obviously like a simple song, but it's it's fun for kids. And I don't know, it has this cool kind of propulsive percussion, like to it that kind of sounds like hooves, maybe. And like, yeah, I think that's the part I like the least <laughs> you're not into the don't 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 no i'm not um not along with not like, even a little <laughs> sleigh bells um that's i don't that's know the part i like second least <laughs> well what i really like is when that very simple piano part comes in on the verses <laughs> of the like ding 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 the, ding, the very ding, ding. sloppy piano part it gives it some f- the fields we I don't know. I feel like it gives it some fun. It feels simple and kid-like, the whole thing. Yeah. And then again, his kid's laughter, which again, used to annoy me a little bit. And now I find kind of (laughs) comforting and in keeping with the song, although it's maybe a little much here. But I don't know. He does some simple whistling after that. I don't know. I just feel like it's like, okay, I'm going to go record these Christmas songs. And his kid is like, let's do Jingle Bells. And it's like, okay, well, it features simple kind of kid piano parts it features his kid laughing he does some whistling i don't know it just feels like a nice time it feels like if dave bazan was asked to do jingle bells by his kids this is what you'd get and you know i'll take a dave bazan version of jingle bells if i have to get jingle bells so sure um it is funny though that he's like hey <laughs> you know, like hey 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 at the end um i don't know he does some nice harmonies on the other choruses that come later i don't know it's again never been a standout for me but i I have come to appreciate it. Fair enough. Silent Night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
This is my number one. Okay, cool. I would say it's in my top five for sure. Yeah. Um, I find it really interesting, the sort of reworking of the blending of the two different yep. verses and kind of um, what uh, he's he was doing on some of these earlier songs with changing yes. the lyrics around and changing the meaning yeah or maybe not changing the meaning but like adding a new depth of meaning yeah um he says if goodwill to men and peace on earth are how angels announced our savior's birth then isn't it strange how many we have beaten and maimed and how many more have hunted and tortured and killed in this baby's name all while you know, silent night, holy night, all's calm, right. all is bright, yeah. heavenly peace. And we're like, you know, there's this baby and heavenly peace. And we're like, this is, this is, and we're killing in this baby's right. name. It's a, it's a very bizarre sort of juxtaposition. I, I put in my notes, classic bizarre, uh, peak depressing Christmas music, <laughs> doing this lovely old Christmas song, and then throwing in the words "tortured and killed" over it. Um, <laughs> but you can't argue with the idea. Uh, you sure you know, can't. To your point, he does similar wrestling and processing as he does on on the new words he adds for "God rest your merry gentlemen." And I heard the bells. But this is this is an interesting version of that, as you're saying, where it's like he's got the traditional version underneath in the background. And then just puts those new lyrics on top, but then still close with just the traditional words for the final verse. So I don't know. I feel like it's the kind of thing that I was saying earlier, like it honors the original version and like the power of the song. And I think this is another kind of favorite Christmas song for people. Yeah. And he doesn't take away from that, but there is like, I don't think he's adding that stuff in to be like, what a crock of shit. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. it's more like interrogating it and being like, I can retain the power of that imagery in this song, but also be like, Hey, while we're talking about silent night and holy night, it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> like yeah. what Christians have done after like supposedly uh, holding this little baby in such esteem to go on to murder people in the name of this baby for thousands of years. So I, I, I appreciate that very core bazan. <laughs> impulse to do that with this song um be careful john you don't you want to stay in those uh -oh. safeguards uh -oh. you're, getting, you're getting a little you're interrogating a little too much a little too cancerous um i don't know and it's really pretty on top of it like again it's he it is he's doing a pretty version of a you know straightforward pretty christmas carol but he's got this kind of knife twisting on top of it also yeah or at least again acknowledging room for the mystery and the like is all really well when we repeat these traditions like what does it look like today to, to be thinking about songs of faith um i feel like this has to be kind of in the mix as far as like observing a celebration of the savior in 2022 in america if you're not <laughs> considering this as a piece of the puzzle i feel like it's not a full sort of you know interrogation of a a worshipful song or tradition or whatever mm -hmm. um it's really pretty it you know it's very slow again if you're not if you're not on board this wavelength uh, you know the caleb's uh, among there of us or, or of us and the you know 
Patreon Punk Nation out there are not going to appreciate this, I don't think. Um, but I will say, like, vocals, the acoustic guitar, some cool, I think, synth sound or, or possibly electric guitar kind of droning comes in later. That's really cool. So I don't know. This this is a big standout. I feel like every, <laughs> everything I'm saying is like, this one is a big standout for me. Um, <laughs> but it is. It, this one's way up there for me, too. And I probably could have had any of your top three in my top three as well. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's not too often that we have completely different list out of the six songs that we chose. Yeah, there's no overlap at all. It's a weird collection in in a in a bunch of different ways. <laughs> yeah, but it also makes sense that like we don't have the same connections. Right. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's that. Yep. Long way around the sea. This is my number three. Are you about to say because it sounds the shittiest? <laughs> no, I just I don't think I could have guessed your top three if All I right. if I had tried. Fair enough. I had no idea what mine would be going into this either. Um, this is a low song, uh, in case you didn't know that. Um, I did not know that. It's a pretty straight ahead cover of a song from the low Christmas album, which as I alluded to earlier, I still kind of consider the definitive alternative music Christmas Christmas album. I think it's so perfect. I love it front to back. Um, and, you know, I have a big framed low poster on my wall right next to my framed Dark Sacred Night cover. So these are two artists who mean a lot to me. They had a long relationship and toured together and covered each other's songs over the years. So I don't know. I because it's like a pretty straight ahead cover it normally my rule with covers is like i need an artist to do something that maybe reinterprets it for me to get excited about it but this is such a good song off such a good album um that it just kind of has to make my top three um it's already a very haunting song on uh, in the low version but i think he makes it more so um and there's no comparing to the like vocal harmonies that low does in the original version but he doesn't even try to do that um, he also adds like a simple percussion that's not unlike what Lowe would do normally on songs, but th there is no percussion on that original Lowe version. And he adds some simple sleigh bells and acoustic guitar and then some cool electric guitar sound in the background there for kind of emphasis and ambiance throughout. I don't know. I really dig the vibe. It's pretty, but it's dark. 
um i don't know it doesn't doesn't do anything for you <laughs> i guess the reality of it being a low song i mean it's sure <laughs> i didn't know that but yeah um i i would listen to the low christmas album and see what you think uh, okay i love it very much um i know it stand out for you it is truly <laughs> um he does some like interesting stuff with the dynamics of it that we didn't really get a sense of in that little part that we heard um that the low side somewhere yeah um you know adding the percussion and the electric guitar kind of makes this drop out at about 225 and then the build back up that much more satisfying in this version and then it kind of drops out again and adds instruments so I don't know maybe not like a huge <laughs> dynamic epic uh crash or anything but i think as far as this song i think he does sort of add a kind of like dynamic sure. element to it um i don't know i just find it a really powerful song um it's it's an original low song that it's about you know the angels telling the magi not to return to herod after they go see baby jesus but to evade him which i think is a, a cool theme just an interesting thing to sort of think about um and i don't know i i i just i love the vibe a lot and again it's probably wrapped up in my nostalgia for that original song and album too yeah. so these are like very personal sure. songs for me i guess sure, sure. yeah anyway that makes sense that makes sense yeah all right home stretch home stretch penultimate a little town of bethlehem This is one that really benefited from the remaster <laughs> because my original impression of the seven inch version was that it was like cool that he was adding these like synthy bloopy bloopy elements and swooshing sounds, but it just became like too cacophonous by the end. Like the sound was just 
too loud so it didn't work for me mm-hmm. so i think this sort of balancing of it works better uh with the balance of sounds here like i don't know it, it's a traditional song you know he he doesn't change anything in that regard but obviously has these weird sonic elements and like you know i obviously dig the synthy stuff he's doing <laughs> but it's it's still not like a a favorite for me but i can appreciate this better when it doesn't sound like as harsh as it did before where that stuff by the end is like you know so yeah i think that's also part that kind of turned me off of the song yeah. and it's a little too droney for me yeah it's pretty uh, you know like so yeah it's fine it but it's yeah definitely not not among my, among my favorites no, in fact, I I would probably well I do like that he's doing some interesting things here, but I I think there's one on the Christmas bonus EP that I might have swapped in for this instead. But mm-hmm. anyway, ending it um, the only only way Dave Bazan knows how uh, with the world's biggest bummer. <laughs> yep. Uh, wish my kids were here. It's a bummer. <laughs> it's a bummer. <laughs> um, this is probably in my top five, though. Yeah. Uh, I kind of thought this might crack your top three because it's kind of got that, you know, country folk thing. It does. Um, it, it's just, it is, it's a, it's just a big old <laughs> bowl of bummer soup. It's, it's, it's so heartbreaking that it's like almost too much for me to listen to it every time. Yeah, Sometimes it, I skip it because I'm just like, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this. Like, this was his this was from his last seven inch and I think really reflected a couple things like his comfort with his voice at this point like it's so yeah. much stronger than it is on other points in the album and he's unafraid to do something like a country folk song that's just his vocals and a very simple guitar part which is like oh this feels like it stands out in comparison to the rest of the album 
and it's a good closer in that sense of like this being something different, but man, it is, it is a rough one. And it tells a story unlike any of the other songs here, you know, it's not a reimagining of a Christmas song, but it's a brand new one. Um, and it is very depressing, but ultimately hopeful in like a heartbreaking way. Um, he's so vulnerable here. And this was before he got divorced. So like it hits that much harder now. Um, I can't imagine Christmas without my kids. And like, I know that's the reality for a lot of people, or at least being without loved ones at Christmas time. And I can't, I, I, you know, not to get too much into like how personally we know Dave or whatever, but like, I know that he retains a good relationship with his wife and that with his ex-wife and that they still all hang out together and stuff. So like, I don't think this is the, the situation he's faced with now, but like, it is another one of those kind of odd, like he was imagining this possible reality and now he's like in a way living it and just, I don't know, it, it, it hurts. Um, yeah. It feels like this kind of classic country song though. Like if I didn't know, I would guess he's like covering Chris Christopherson or Johnny Cash or somebody here, but it's new and the ending makes me cry. Yeah. Um, I would like to hear it just cause it's like, that's kind of the, the, the crux of the song. He does this yeah. dramatic thing where it's like, all well, of a sudden, his phone is we'll ringing. Just, and yeah, we'll just, we'll just play. So for her, I try to go along. We hug and kiss and open gifts to Christmas songs. But man, I wish my kid. Is that you? I think that's your phone. Man. Oh my God. Hello? Merry Christmas, Daddy. Oh, baby girl. Merry Christmas. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, man. It makes me emotional. Like, yeah. I don't know. This this thing of like, the first time I heard it, I kind of was like taken aback by like, I don't know, the sort of audacity to like <laughs> include this ending like phone call in it and like, that's his wife talking and his daughter on the phone. So like, Ooh, it's devastating. Um, but I don't know. It's just such a perfect sort of way to close this collection of depressing and wrestling and ultimately hopeful bizarre Christmas song. Cause it's like, he does get to talk to his kid and it's still like heartbreaking, but like it ends in this like hopeful note and, and his situation with his girlfriend isn't bad. You know, it's just like, he is like wounded and that again i feel like that's that's kind of a core piece of the christmas experience i think for a lot of people is like again christmas continues so you like you experience it every year but there are different people there because of different things that happen in our lives and it's a hard thing to sort of get used to in some ways so i don't know the idea of like i just put myself into this so much imagining like if i was away from my kids and hearing them on the phone uh how hard that would be but even like the idea that she calls him is is moving and powerful so anyway i i'm a sucker for this very much and it it obviously it moves me <laughs> so. yeah yeah anyway <laughs> that's dark sacred night yeah um i've talked a lot as i have done for every bazaar or pager episode but i don't know i had a lot of feelings to get through here i'm um, so glad you know i I understand that this is like a, a meaningful record to you. And I'm glad that you were able to um, 
share that with with me and everybody and process some of that and yeah man. um yeah i'm i i hope uh i hope he continues to write some yeah personal songs and he hasn't done any releases since the seven inches or since this record but i hope he does too i mean he, i think he's got a unique uh kind of handle on these so i'd like to see more um but yeah curious to hear what people thought I know there were a lot of opinions in Magpod Nation with our Pedro coverage, um, but there are a lot of diehards out there too. And I, I wonder what the Christmas songs mean to them. I know for some people, they mean a lot too, as they do for me, but it is a, it is a, you know, it is a lo-fi and sometimes droning, as you said, and depressing collection. So I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but Ooh, baby, I'm throwing on that vinyl. I'm having a good time. So, um, yeah, I'm just glad you weren't like this kind of sucks. <laughs> like I'm glad that you you're maybe not over the moon about it, but you appreciate it. So definitely uh, appreciate it. Of course I do. That's enough for me. Um definitely but... a better a better uh episode than listening to headphones on <laughs> on the Patreon. That headphones Christmas album though. Uh it's good stuff. Uh, there's a headphones christmas no album? no that doesn't exist but wouldn't it be great oh, if it did? jesus christ that would be a <laughs> fucking nightmare uh it's just like a little town of bethlehem lubed for like half an hour um <laughs> good stuff headphones more, rules. Um, more noise more kisses <laughs> yes please sounds good um yeah but let let us know what you think curious to hear folks thoughts on this one let us know at magnified pod on instagram facebook and twitter follow and subscribe if you haven't already give us that rating give us those five stars leave us a review we'll read it on the show you can email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD. You can support us over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash magnifiedpod, where this week we are talking that four-song Bazan Christmas EP, Christmas bonus. So check that out. Um, you can also uh, pick up some season four merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Thanks to Small Step Records for sponsoring us. Go to smallstuprecords.com to learn more. And thanks to shadow producer Jason and Bruno at Unoriginal Vinyl for our artwork. Well, I think you hear the voice of the spirit begging us to shut the fuck up. We'll be back next week to try to make you go astray when we'll discuss BC's Happy Christmas Volume 2. Hiss, hiss. <laughs> Merry Hissmas. <laughs> Uh, it's so good, man. Let the hiss wash over you. Be depressed with us at Christmas time. Get your Christmas whiskey. I'm out of my Christmas whiskey right now. Wow. It's a tragedy. Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power And we were gonna stay Oh, tidings of comfort and joy Comfort uh, and joy Joy uh, Personified gif of uh, uh, Jake Peralta going All right, I'm gonna go cry <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, I I feel like this is moving up in my good shit. My uh, the estimation of this song, you know, um, maybe what I he's saying here is not unlike what he does in Silent Night. So 
That's true. Um, Danny stares. Maybe should I should I make a call an audible and and change my mm. change my top three here at the very end of the episode? It's nice to think he's listening to this, but I think he uh, he's he's Adam Bazan. Maybe maybe that, that, you know, he said he's listening. So hey, that, I appreciate that's it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he's. He did. He did his best. He gave the old right. the old college yes. try. At the end of the day, that's all we can ask of anybody. Yes. At Christmas time. <laughs> or any time, really. Oh, dude, those those bells can't hear shit. I'm jangling them so hard though. <laughs> yeah, you jangle jangle your bells harder. Oh, so hard. <laughs> For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.